0: Welcome to the Rising Stars Podcast, where we unpack trends and tips in the point of sales space and IT channel industry. My name is Kate Arara, and I am the Partner Development Manager at Star Iconics America. I've worked in the channel for almost 18 years, and I've met some fascinating people along the way. My goal for this podcast is to connect you with some of the most influential people in the channel space to provide you insight, and inspiration to help your business succeed. My conversation with Colton Coltenfeld with POS Guys was super insightful and I'm super impressed not only with what his company has to offer, but what Colton himself contributes to the development of partnerships within the retail and hospitality industries. Here's my five point preview of this episode to give you a bit of a taste of what to expect. First, the definition of the marketplace reseller and their rise, as well as that of the payment acquired resellers, and what POS Guys has done to stand up to this threat. Here's a hint when you win on price, you lose on price. Second, a strong recommendation for new software companies' go to market strategy through partnerships with companies like POS Guys. Third, Software developers do a great job designing software, but perhaps they need to assure the end users are buying the correct hardware by connecting with a reseller, like POS guys, to handle the sale on their behalf. Fourth, end users need and want support. POS guys provides that contact point and saves software developers by fielding those questions while also collecting data to share with them to help them improve. And lastly, fifth, we take a look into the future of potential disruptors in the retail and hospitality technology industries and what resellers and software companies can expect. I do hope you enjoy this conversation with Colton. If you do, please do us and your friends a favor by sharing this episode with them. Enjoy! I am super excited to chat with our next guest here on the Rising Stars podcast. Colton felt with POSGuys.com. I've had the pleasure of, no, of working with Colton over the years with a few different companies, and he has such a great insight in the channel, as well as embraces the importance of how to partner with other companies to provide cohesive, prosperous solutions for end users in the retail and hospitality spaces. But I don't want to steal his thunder. So Colton, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and POSGuys?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for the intro, Kate uh as you noted my name is colton i'm the director of marketing here over at pos guys Uh, i've been here for about three and a half years now started out uh, as an account manager sort of worked my way up uh, and i've sort of taken on this side of the business uh, and so it's been a ton of fun uh pos guys in general uh we've been around for about 20 years we're a value-added reseller um, based you know primarily in the united states but we can ship to canada a little bit as well um we sort of work primarily in the retail hospitality sector that's kind of been our vertical uh, but we've, over the years, sort of expanded out. So we have a, our fingers in a little bit of everything, but that retail hospitality point of sale space is still a whole near and dear to our heart. So we uh, do a lot of work there. Thanks for having me on, Kate. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And what I find amazing is your industry experience. So you've been three and a half years in the industry, just, just start, like fresh going right into POS guys. And that was kind of like your first exposure into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's been a wild ride, definitely a learning curve, but uh, I think I picked it up pretty well.
0: No, you you really have emerged yourself into it, and you come across to me as like a veteran. I mean, the fact that you're the direct, you started off as an account manager three and a half years ago, and are now at the director level, I think that is very admirable, um, and I think, again, it, it comes across when I talk with you. Um, you really immerse yourself into the technology side of this industry and it's it i'm really excited to kind of converse with you a little bit more dig into maybe your maybe your tips and tricks of, of maybe your secret sauce of how you come to the go-to-market strategy
1: yeah well you know it's super easy when you you know have people like yourself putting out some great educational content like this you know this is a sort of where i picked up a lot of my knowledge on so i'm super excited to be able to give back a little bit
0: Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. So y'all, if you're listening, and this is your first time, make sure you subscribe and go back and listen to the other episodes. <laughs> well, let's dive in a little bit. So how do you think POS, guys, is innovative in the point of sale industry and why?
1: Yeah, you know, I think really at the end of the day it kind of comes down to offering a wide range of products and having the knowledge and connections to really answer those questions that people have about those products and actually be able to build solutions with them you know the industry has changed so much uh, in the last couple years and the expectations of business owners now um, is really varied right you have businesses that want a really slick modern setup with integrated kiosks you know mobile point-of-sale setups They want software they can integrate with an e-commerce platform or like a associate task management system. You know, they want all the bells and whistles and then you'll have other owners who just want a computer that can talk to a printer and a cash drawer payment device and kind of keep track of their inventory. Right? So you need to be able to sell to both of those customers nowadays and you need to be dynamic enough to know when you need to find new gaps, you know, fill new gaps in your solution. Um, I think that that's one of the areas that we've really had a lot of success with. You know, we've been very intentional over the last year, a uh, couple of years rather, uh, especially since the you know, middle of the pandemic with really going out, finding solid partners in the channel that we can rely on uh, and really investing in education and really looking for new hardware solutions um, and plugging those gaps. And I think we've really started to see that investment pay off. Um, so I would say that that's how you stay innovative, you know, keep up with demands and keep your knowledge up. You know, it's one thing to list out 2,000 products on your website, but if you don't know anything about that, you can't intelligently talk about that. Customers know that. So that's uh, where I would kind of start with that.
0: Awesome. Well, the, I mean, looking at your website, you guys kind of cover the full gamut. You you cover the, the point of sale side, the AIDC side, the payment processing side, so Is that something that you guys have always done or was that an evolution that you just start like, especially payment processing that, that, you know, that adding, did you just add that in or what was that? How did that progress to where it is today?
1: Yeah. So we've always kind of had our foot in the door with those sorts of things. Um, Very early on payment processing was something that we really got into um, was at one point a really large part of our business. Nowadays, not so much, Um, you know, the hardware side and the software side have really picked up. Um, That's where really where we find a lot of passion. Um, But we NGM Solutions is our parent company and that sort of started as a custom development operation, you know, we were developing custom software applications for, uh, you know, a wide range of businesses and so that sort of cross discipline approach is kind of baked into the core of the company, Um, you know, and especially that's come in really handy now with, uh, you know, the sort of merge to e commerce hybrid sort of setups, right? Where you kind of need to be able to develop and create solutions that talk between many different systems. Uh, And so definitely having that knack has helped us out a lot, I think.
0: Well, that kind of segues into my next question. So what is your definition of a marketplace reseller?
1: Oh, boy, I could make a lot of people really angry, depending on how I answer this, game.
0: Um <laughs> Try to do it in as PC of a way as possible. <laughs>
1: yeah. to, to me, I, uh, to us, a marketplace reseller is really somebody who, you know, they put a listing up on a platform, upload some photos, and then when you order it, they send you a box and a tracking number. And that's about it. You know, you might get a decent return process with whatever platform they're using, but you know that kind of depends, um, but you know they're not really adding extra value for the end user, and I think that that's the biggest distinction for us. Um, and I think that it nine times out of ten, and maybe that's maybe that's being a little too harsh, but if you were to actually get the person on the phone who listed the product and ask them if that product is compatible with like their point of sale system, there's a good chance they might not be able to tell you exactly what that works for, and I think that's the difference. Um, I could kind of give like an antidote uh, i was just poking around on amazon i don't know if i'm allowed to say their name but i'm going to say it um, and it was looking at the profiles of some people that were selling some point-of-sale equipment uh and i found this one company and they were selling receipt printers and scanners but then they were also selling toasters ovens uh and home decor and beds and like if you're a bed and breakfast like maybe that's the guy for you that's the person but uh you know for the vast majority of people
0: i don't think that those are the people you want to be ordering your equipment from
1: but that's my personal opinion
0: okay well and that's that's kind of you know we see about two different types of of resellers these days you have the the payment acquired reseller where you don't really have a whole lot of product choices or you have the marketplace reseller where there's no product support just like you said you, you place the order and then there's a tracking number so these are some threats that I've noticed or that we've noticed in the industry. So what is, how has POS guys been able to thrive in the industry with these external threats of the payment acquired and marketplace resellers?
1: Yeah. You know, I think you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go back to the basics and I think customer service hundred percent is it, right? There's no other way around it. Uh, You know, over the last 20 years, we've sort of built a reputation that's built on customer service and sort of having the ability to help just about anyone who gives us a call, uh, and because of that, you know, we've built a really solid base of customers who come to us time and time again, and who refer us to new customers. Uh, and you know, of course, there's also all the other work that we do to generate new business as well. Um, but you know, I, I I won't lie. You know, we we definitely there is definitely a concern with the rise of you know payment acquired VARs and marketplace resellers. Uh, you know, and we've definitely lost our share of deals to them. Um, you know, they're just able to list products for less than we are. Uh, and they don't really have, they don't really provide a lot of those value adds. Um, and, you know, in a lot of the days we do end up losing those businesses. Um, you know, when a customer mentions mentions that pricing is a bit higher on some, you know, random reseller, you know, we kind of always go back to, well, you know, uh, you know, we're not the cheapest guy in the block, but we don't aim to be, and we're very upfront about that. No, but we say, when you order from us, you're gonna get support from start to finish. Uh, And you can rest confident knowing that if anything happens, you know, we got your back and you're not gonna get that from a lot of other guys when you order. Uh, And not to mention, you know, we're on the phone talking to you right now. Where's the other guy, right? Um, And you see, and that's obviously applies to marketplace resellers. Payment acquired bars are a little bit different because a lot of times they also are pairing on a software solution that in a lot of ways we can't support, especially from a software perspective, we still offer that hardware support, of course. Um, but I think that customer service point also does come into it a little bit, so long as they're not using proprietary hardware. you know, There's a lot of customers that'll just go through them because it's easy, uh, but there's a lot of customers who will also go through us because they like that extra little bit of support and they like being able to call into you know, a relatively I guess you're going to be able to call us and you're going to know the name of the person versus calling into a call center with Lord knows how many people, you know, and you're going to get filtered through 16 different dialogue trees before you actually talk to somebody. Um, and I think showing up and being intentional and really marketing and really hammering down that value add is what's kind of helped us carve out a niche and sort of uh, keep, our, keep our foot in the game.
0: Looks well, like you said it's you know you're not the cheapest, but you come, you're very upfront about that and, and you do kind of get what you pay for, unless you really want to bundle a scanner and a receipt printer with a toaster oven. I guess that maybe that's the way to go. No, um, that's that's an innovative yeah.
1: marketing solution right there.
0: All in one. I mean, true all in
1: one. Um but no, I, I kind of go with an adage that uh, a mentor of mine sort of told me early on, you know, that if you win on price, you lose on price 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always feel good, you know, to lose. And there's always that temptation to try to compete on price, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of have to accept that, you know, that people have different priorities. Um, but the people that value what we offer um, come
0: to us time and time again. Well, I, and I think you guys, you've, you've proven yourselves, like you said, I mean, you are thriving and yes, you're, you're not going to win every single deal and not we're going to win every single opportunity. And unfortunately people, yeah, they're always going to look for the cheap knockoff products and see some random hardware that's sold on large marketplace websites. And it may or may not be conducive to what their goals are. So I kind of want to, I'm going to create a, I'm going to paint a picture. I am a company that's ready to launch my solution. What are my options? What are the options that you would give me for, to go to market and what can POS guys offer me? And then also what would you recommend that I do or how can I be the most successful?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to assume that in this hypothetical scenario that they've already certified hardware and they have a working software package ready to go. Is that, is that where we're at?
0: unless they are looking at some, you know, like, that, like some fake, you know, cheapo printer or something like that. I mean, maybe would, would that be something that you would recommend to like, hey, I want to go to market, like, I, but I'm not really sure what hardware. I mean, is that something that you guys get into recommending sometimes?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have people that are coming to us, you know, at every stage of the journey. Now, we've actually been investing a lot recently in um, our sort of software developer relationship. Uh, we've kind of built out a whole program. Um, You know, I'll get to the initial question, but, you know, if you're a brand new software person or a software developer, you know, you've just started to develop the software, we can definitely help advise, um, you know, on what software would be most appropriate for your company. You know, we can kind of give you the lay of the land, kind of tell you who's moving, who's shaking, oh, you're in this sort of vertical, okay, these are the types of customers that we've worked with, Um, here are the type of things that they're ordering, and here are the concerns that they've had here's the common pain points so we would recommend that you work with these types of software you know or these types of hardware um you know and we can kind of be a little bit proactive about helping you avoid some of the supply chain um constraints that we've seen a lot over the last couple years and thankfully they're not nearly as bad now but um especially during the pandemic we were That was one of the big value ads we were able to provide to these software developers is kind of some stability, right? And kind of giving them backup options and game plans. Um, So that's if you're a brand new developer, right? If you already have a solution and you're ready to go, um, what we really offer is a fast track, easy solution to get hardware into the hands of your end users. Um, You know, you could go through, uh, you know, you could try to take rungs down, uh, you know, down in the channel and Source the hardware directly, warehouse it yourself, uh, and then ship it out to your end users, and be liable for all of that. Uh, but that's not always the easiest things to do, especially for a software company that's just starting out. You know, they don't have the labor capacity to handle that. So we can handle all of that. You know, if you were to send someone to me today, and they were like, "Hey, we have a package ready to go," I would say, "Great. All right. When are you looking to ship Harbor? Oh, you have someone that needs to come out in a week? Okay." What hardware have you already worked with? Are you interested in other software solutions moving into the future? Because if so, let's start working on that so that those are ready when you need them. But in terms of the hardware you have now, you know we can either sell directly to your end users through a white label service and you know we'll handle all the pre-sale support. We'll answer it and kind of field those questions and take that off your plate because I'm sure you're busy developing your software and selling New accounts, so you don't want to be bogged down with the process of selling a receipt printer to every single one of your customers and trying to figure out the difference between a TSP one hundred three and a TSP one hundred four. What's the difference between this barcode scanner, and this barcode scanner? We can handle all of that, of course. Um, or if you know you really wanted to sort of take charge and you wanted to hold the whole process, right? We could send bulk orders directly to your directly to your warehouse or your office or however you have that set up. You know, we can sort of advise that and we can kind of help manage the logistics of that. Most of our customers go, or most of our partners rather go through the first option. Um, They don't want the headache of it. And that's where I found most people to be pretty successful is when they focus on the software or we focus on the hardware, Um, you know? And then either option, depending on how you go, um, we always have that, customer support element where we're always going to be able to support that hardware. Uh, that's kind of our guarantee. And so we can take that off your plate as well. And um, that kind of just speeds up the go-to-market approach, right? You obviously still want to know the product and you want to have some competence with it, uh, but you don't have to put all of that burden on yourself, you know, knowing the ins and outs of everything and how to address every single setup uh, that you might run into. Um, that's kind of what we fill in. Does that sort of answer the question that you were looking for there, Kate? Okay.
0: Yeah, no, it actually kind of segues into, you know, another con- something I wanted to bring up because Star, we, Star is a very strong integrations team and we work with several software companies that reach out to us and say, hey, I want to integrate my software with your hardware. And one of our large company, software company partners um, actually reached out to you and a few others, basically, because that's, we have the kind of the same program. We, we try to connect people. We try to connect partnerships and they reached out to you and a few others to be a source of to, to interview to basically be a source of selling of the hardware on its behalf to its end users. And congratulations, you won that opportunity. Thank you. Uh, so, what does POS, I mean, I, I you know, not that you have to give away the barn, but what does POS guys offer software companies to make partnerships mutually beneficial and what are the next steps taken once the software company partners with you?
1: Yeah, he, well, and thanks again for sending that over. Uh, that was a really fun project to work on and sort of collaborate with them to sort of see what exact solution was going to fit their needs. Um, you know, I had a conversation with the, with the person that I was chatting with at that company, uh, and they had sort of expressed that one of the things that sort of went over was that we kind of had a solution to fit every one of their needs. You know, they needed kind of what I alluded to earlier. They needed a wide set of products. Uh, and they needed someone who knew how to support those now. And that's sort of where we were able to sort of get our foot in the door with that deal was kind of saying, yes, you need this, 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 and this, you need a scale, you need this, um, you need networking equipment. Perfect. We got that. We got that set up, you know, and then they wanted some flexibility with exactly how the lay- how the ordering process worked, you know, they decided on sort of the first option that we talked about earlier where we would build them a custom landing page they could send their end users um the end users would order that uh the equipment they could obviously talk to someone beforehand or after the fact once it's ordered uh and we just made it really simple for them and i think that that's where we really we won that deal right was one being able to offer everything they needed uh, and two having the flexibility and the nimbleness to sort of Work with their requirements, right? Especially with some of these larger software companies, you know, there's lots of red tape and hoops that you need to sort of jump through uh, in order to work best in their system. And the better that you can accommodate those uh, and be nimbler, uh, be nimble rather, um, the better chance you'll have at those sorts of things. And I think that that's where we really struck out um, in terms of the next step for them. Uh, we're currently in that process. You know, generally what we do is we sit down. Have a conversation. Say, all right, what hardware do you want to offer right now? And so we built out a list, got out an Excel spreadsheet, worked on it together, found the 15 things that they immediately wanted to answer or offer, and then they were like, okay, but we also want to offer these things. You know, we want to offer a KDS, we want to offer um, a better scale option, we want to find a better solution for label printing. Do you think you could help us out with that? He said, absolutely. So we started doing research, Uh, we're sort of working with them and sending them some demos to sort of help, you know, narrow in on some of those solutions. Um, And then, of course, from that, we build the page, uh, obviously, contract that needs to be in place uh, to kind of make sure everyone really understands, you know, what each side is bringing to the table. Uh, And then it's just ongoing and ongoing cadence, ongoing conversation. Hey, what's working for your end users? Hey, we've noticed that five of your end users have come to us with this particular Um, this particular issue. What can we do to, you know, solve that issue and make sure it doesn't happen again? Um, Hey, I know that you have this particular product on your site or on your landing page, um, but we're projecting and we're seeing that this might go out of stock for a little while. Do you want to get a stocking order in to kind of make sure that stock is going to be there? Or do we want to transition and find an alternative until stock on that stabilizes? You know, let's game plan together. And so those are sort of the next steps and the ongoing conversations that you need to have to be a good partner. Um, you know, these software companies are nimble and they're changing all the time. Uh, the industry is changing all the time and you need to make sure that you have a process in place to keep up with that, right? And kind of communicate those changes. Um, so I think that's how we won that deal uh, and kind of how we keep
0: these, some of these larger clients. So I, you talk about a little bit about the evolution of this industry and how it's changing. So how do you see the role of resellers and software companies evolving in this rapidly changing landscape of point of sale? For sure, yeah,
1: Um, you know, man, you really, that's a really good question, Kate. Uh, I think, and this has always sort of been the case, but it's more important now, that the role between resellers and software companies is really a partnership, Um, you know, I think, that you really you know you really need to hammer down on that and it's kind of goes back to what i was mentioning earlier you know of having these consistent conversations and sort of being a advisor to them and saying hey you know these are the here's what's changing in the point of sale industry you know maybe they're not plugged into it every single day because they're busy obviously selling their software and developing software and building out that base so that's really where we need to come in and say hey we see these changes happening hey, have you heard about this new, this new concept, You know, this new form of technology that's coming out? Is your software you know, gonna be competitive with that? Are you gonna be able to maintain market share with your end users? And so we sort of help play that role, right? Of making sure that their software is the most successful it can be. So obviously if it's successful, we're successful, right? Um, and I think it's especially important nowadays because end users and customers, right? they don't see us as a separate entity from the software company a lot of, in a lot of times you know when we mess up that reflects poorly on the software company so we really need to have very consistent conversation you know and have very consistent communication about that um, and so i think that that's really where we play in it, right it's sort of helping them keep up with those changing roles and sort of not just being a person that they go to to sell hardware and that's the only conversation we have you know, hey i saw you sent over 15 customers this month and here's what they bought thanks for that you know it's also hey we sold these maybe you should also consider integrating this with your software you know or hey we've heard uh we've heard three of your customers mention that they wish you did this and that they were considering moving to a different software offering because you didn't offer this you know let's let's chat about that (laughs) because customers tend to be a little more open with us than with a software developer sometimes um, about some of the gripes that they have. So uh, I think that that's sort of the role that you can play in that
0: space. Well, I and I've harped on this before. I, I probably sound like a broken record to those that do subscribe and listen to the podcast regularly that it is this landscape. If you don't partner, you're, you're missing out like, like to the point of you may not have a business if you don't partner. So how do you foster that strong collaboration between the hardware manufacturer, software companies and reseller, that relationship in your operation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's a matchmaking service, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely between the hardware and the ISVs, um, you know, there's so many different options for, there's so many different manufacturer options they can choose from you know, and so it's important to be able to pair them with somebody that they know they're going to be successful with. Um, and it's, I think the best way to foster that is to show, Hey, both sides of this equation can bring value, right? Obviously from a manufacturer standpoint, the software company is going to inevitably create sales for your product, but nowadays, and star has done a great job about this, you know, hardware manufacturers need to do more than just build a good printer, right? They have to offer those integration services, and they have to offer extra incentives for softwares and resellers to go with them. Um, and you know, Stars really killed it with their delegate program um, and their integrations team. I uh, chatted with a number of your folks, and we've done some content in the past. Uh, and they've always been amazing, top notch professionals. Um, so it's been really easy, right? When I go to a software company and they're like, hey, we're using this other printer right now. Boy, we really wish we had a printer that could communicate over the cloud and would do that really easy. And I can say, oh, I know just the person to connect you with and can instantly connect that and create that value add. Uh, and that makes us look good, right? Um, or, you know, if you have a software company uh, that wants to partner with, they want to be able to offer some other part of their software, um, but they don't want to invest all of the time and energy it would take to develop that feature say you know uh automated task management right in a retail environment or you know a, a, an integration with an e-commerce company a lot of the times we have a rolodex of software partners that have come to us uh, you know that do a ton of different things uh, and we can sort of partner those together right and we've done that on a couple of occasions where we've introduced different software companies that we work with You know, some work with different hardware, Um, you know, we try to pair up the best that we can and say, hey, company, our software company um, that we're working with wants to do task management, or they want to integrate RFID into their retail setup. You know, Walmart's doing that. And it's the big new push, uh, the buzzword in the day. Um, But you don't want to go through all the work to get your software up and ready to go uh, to do that maybe there's a beneficial partnership here where we could connect your end users with this company you know uh and simplify your life and make everybody a little bit happy you know everyone gets a little a little extra income everybody's happy about the solution because everybody's being equally benefit uh benefited from it uh and of course that benefits the hardware manufacturer as well you know uh, makes you all look good uh generates ultimately more hardware sales because of it um and so i think that that's how you foster collaboration, right? You gotta be a matchmaker. You gotta know who's doing what. And you gotta know when this is too much or this is out of our point of sale guy's wheelhouse. Let's see if we can build, you know, some cross-company relationships that are gonna benefit everybody.
0: Well, and you, you kind of touched on a little bit. So I you talk, talked about cloud a little bit. And we are now in an era of cloud computing and SaaS. That's just kind of, mm-hmm the whole thing right now. So what opportunities and challenges do you see for software companies in your domain?
1: Yeah, um, I think I, I think that the proliferation of choice uh, has really been a challenge for software companies nowadays. You know, you have a point of sale system for just about everything. I talked with a software developer a couple of weeks ago, who develops point of sale systems for horse auctions. Very niche. And I would have never thought that someone would have developed a bespoke software solution for horse auctions, but they did. And that's just like one example of like the hundreds of different things that I've seen. And so I think that a challenge for SaaS companies, right, is being able to keep up and being able to compete for market share. Especially, you know, when you're—that's more so for the smaller guys. You know, you're obviously you have the squares and the clovers and the toasts of the world that are just juggernauts, and they can really align the whole cycle, right? So they they can offer the payment processing, they can offer the hardware, they can do HR, they they do everything, right? And we've certainly seen a little bit of trouble. Uh, with competing against some of those solutions because they just offer darn everything down the whole chain and they make it super easy. You pay ninety dollars a month, they send you everything, um, and a lot of SaaS, a lot of software companies can't compete with that. They don't have the capacity, and um, obviously the solution to that is to get very get n- niche, get specific, make horse auction management software. Um, mm-hmm. And so you kind of get a lot of guys that are stuck in the middle. They're trying to develop more of a general point of sale solution. They don't want to put all of their chips in horse auction software or, you know, electronic store software, but they also can't scale to be a square. Right. And so that's where working with someone like us really helps. Right. We can kind of see where they're at and sort of advise where we see strategic openings you know, where are we seeing a lot of demand right now? You know, we, these are the type of customers that have called in, hey, you know, we've seen a 40% increase in customers in this vertical ordering, and they want this solution, or they want this feature. Your software doesn't do that, or your software does do that. Hey, you might want to look at positioning some marketing at, the, at, this, at this vertical. You might have, you know, some competitive edge there. Um, and so I think that that's, so from where the challenges are, um, and then I guess opportunities wise, you know, for these companies, um, we are seeing more people, uh, you know, obviously more businesses, especially we're not, we are in a little bit of a uncertain economic time right now, you know, business is closed, business is open. Um, there's always new customers. Um, and kind of the advantage with so many different software companies is that people aren't so certain about sticking with a single software solution for you know the long haul. Um, you know, back when I first started, you know, um, and even before my time, I've only been here three and a half, but uh, you know, there's some folks that have been here for, you know, 15, 20 years uh from the beginning, you know, and it used to be that if you found a point of sale software that you liked, you loaded that on your Windows device uh, and you bought hardware to support it. And you used that for 10 years because that's what you used. but nowadays with so many SaaS offerings uh, and so many people sort of, so many software companies integrating for the same hardware, people are less likely to stick with your software if they're not happy. Um, And that's both a challenge, but also an opportunity. You know, if you have a software that's very similar to someone else's software and you have just a slight competitive edge, there's a chance that you'll win out on that and you'll gain new clients. Uh, Of course, the challenge is, continuing to deliver on that um, and, you know, keep that client. Um, So definitely the opportunities and challenges are all over the place. It's all kind of a give and take sort of thing, Uh, but that's sort of the landscape that I see it as I see it.
0: So in what ways do you foresee the industry being disrupted, disrupted in the next decade? And how do you think resellers and software companies prepare for, or drive that disruption?
1: Yeah, my gosh, that is, that is the golden question. If I had the right answer to this, uh, I'd, make, I'd make a lot of money. <laughs>
0: yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, you
1: know, I think outside of large scale economic, you know, macroeconomic factors, obviously that could have a huge impact on the industry. Um, you know, I think we're gonna see, I'm gonna be really interested to see, you know, what things like AI uh, really are bringing to the table, you know, Being able to really be very sophisticated about how, uh, you know, software is going to be able to be very sophisticated and how it targets, uh, you know, customers, Um, you know, being able to track data uh, and see, you know, what you can best add on to them or being more intelligent about, uh, you know, managing inventory on, you know, what assets do you have and sort of what should I order based on sales projections? And, you know, obviously that technology is here now, but I'm very interested to see long-term how that happens and uh, that sort of continues. Um, and then probably just, you know, a further the further rise of the e- of e-commerce. You know, we definitely the pandemic pushed that ahead so much further than we could have anyone in this industry could have ever expected. Um, but I think we're going to continue to see more of that, right? Uh, we're getting more and more calls every day from brick and mortar storefronts that want to open up an e-commerce platform, you know, because they need to compete. Um, And we're going to see more of that as we continue on. Um, And then, of course, as we kind of talked about earlier, um, you know, these big marketplace giants, you know, the Amazons of the world, you know, what's the next Amazon, right? And how is that? How are we in this point of sale industry going to compete with that, Um, you know, and how are we going to compete with these businesses? um, You know, how are we going to be able to provide for these businesses that are developing more e-commerce type solutions who also have more Amazon type options, you know? How are we gonna be able to adapt and how are we gonna be able to make ourselves competitive in an environment like that? Uh, You know, I think customer service and having the know-how obviously gets us there, Um, but how long is it before something, you know, something like AI can help build solutions for people without us really needing to do anything, right? Um, I know like Google is coming out with their new barred, or not barred. Is Google have does Google have barred? They do. Yes, they do. <laughs> so many options nowadays. Um, you know, I was typing things the other day uh, and they have a new generative search feed, right in line in the in the in the search bar uh, or in the search field that helps answer those questions. And so what happens when Google has all the answers? and our knowledge uh, that we've collectively built in this industry, over the past couple decades, all of a sudden is able to be easily synthesized down and given to people without our input, right? Those are the types of things that we're gonna have to grapple with. And I don't know if I have a good answer on how to be prepared for those sorts of things because those are really tough nuts to crack. Um, but I think, you know, the more we can hammer down on the customer service side, uh, you know, I think the better we're all going to be. You know, a lot of people are going to be fine with just working with computer pushing a button and reading their own documentation but you're still going to have these large-scale opportunities uh, where everything's going to be more integrated more uh you know more intelligent everything's going to talk with each other with each other and obviously that's not something that bard or chat or whatever the next ai thing is right is going to be able to help build and that's where we're still going to find an advantage uh, is being able to be smart and build solutions that allow everything to talk to each other on a very rapidly changing world.
0: Absolutely. And, and also the next kind of the next question I kind of have is with evolving businesses, evolving business models like subscription services and pay as you go, how do you see the monetization strategies for POS software changing and what should software companies be considering?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest the biggest change that we've seen over the last couple of years has definitely been, um, you know, a closer relationship between payment processing companies and software vendors. You know, it used to be, gosh, five, 10 years ago, you could, you know, those were always separate or for the most part they were, or you had a lot more options. And nowadays, you know, a lot of the software nowadays and especially SaaS type software, it's no, you need to use our payment processing company Uh, You need to use us, our POS Pay, or whatever they brand it. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, you know, that's what end users kind of prefer, almost. You know, it makes it easy, um, you know, being able to just get the terminal sent, and it's already ready to go. They don't have to work with another third-party company, figuring out what gateway you want to use, and all of the headaches that come with that. Um, So I think that that's one of the big sort of, evolutions we've seen is more of a reliance on that. Um, and I think you're seeing some pretty major players continuing to gobble up market share um, because of that. Um, and so I think that that's where we're seeing the biggest change uh, is sort of that. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, so yeah, that's how I would partner, how I answer that. All
0: right, well, I have one more question. or well, maybe two more questions, but one more question. Um, which businesses or business executives should contact you to get the full benefits of the POS guys offering?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if you just look at the data, um, you know, uh, we are primarily talking with either IT managers or directly with owners uh, of companies, you know, and we kind of target the SB space. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, I would say, you know, if you're, you know, more of a smaller business, obviously the owner is going to be talking to us and they're going to get the most benefit. But if you're a larger organization, um, I think, um, you know, obviously it managers, uh, but also at the franchise level, we've been working a lot with like franchise managers. Um, you know, the people that are directly onboarding, um, franchises that's, we've seen a big increase in that sort of, uh, in those types of people reaching out to us. And I think that makes a lot of sense, right? They're, not at the super high up level, but they're the people that are directly working day in and day out with the end users that we end, ultimately end up working with. Um, you know, and from those communications and that work, you know, we do a good job and our sort of name sort of gets compressively pulled up the chain um, until we're talking with you know director, global directors of ITs and whatnot. Um, so it, I guess it really depends on the stock, size and scale of the business. Uh, it really varies.
0: Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, Colton, how can people find you and more about POS Guys?
1: Yeah. So the best way is gonna to go to our uh, be to go to our website, you know, POSGuys.com. That's guys with an S. Um, you can also give us a call. Uh, the number is 800 903 6571 we're open, uh, we're open, you know, during normal business hours, Monday through Friday. Uh, so you can have, definitely give us a call. Uh, we can make sure you get connected with the right person, um, and then of course you can also email sales at posguys.com. So three different options for you, depending on how you prefer to communicate. Um, and we, you know, we'll be more than happy to help sort of walk you through any 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 solutions that you're trying to build or any pain points that you're currently running uh, running into.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for your time today, Colton. I truly appreciate it, and I hope all y'all listeners out there learned a little something about. Uh, some go-to-market strategies for software companies and the importance of the importance of partnerships with companies like POS Guys. Um, I think that this was a great conversation and I just I really think it's like I said you you bring such a wealth of knowledge to this channel I'm so glad to have the opportunity to work with you.
1: Well and Kate thank you so much for inviting me on I've had a ton of fun and I hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you. For more about STAR, visit us at starmychronics.com where we also have a super informative blog or follow us on all our social media platforms on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. We love to hear from you all. And that's it for this episode of Rising Stars Podcast. I'm Kate Arara and I will see you next time.